Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. I'm the legendary Brandon. And today we are here with Red from the Red's Ramblings podcast. Red, thanks for joining us, man. The equally legendary <laughs> well now not i take any sh- not to take any shot no no you missed out on your chance <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough <laughs> but yeah no thanks for joining us man like we were saying a little bit before the show we've been for season two uh interviewing a bunch of different podcasters and we want to kind of get your perspectives on things that need saying. We want to jump into the topics that are super important or held closely to to you and the other podcasters, but maybe, you know, these things that aren't addressed on your own show or aren't addressed on other platforms and things. So, you know, in the spirit of Say What Needs Saying, we wanted to invite you on to do the same. What's a reserved thought? Like you've definitely been on our discord. You've definitely said what needs saying across the board and you're, you're a close friend to the pod and to us directly. So I know that there's going to be things that everyone reserves. So what are your reservations that here on this platform right now that you don't mind uh, indulging in per se? The only thing that I don't put on my show Mm-hmm. It's like dark and depressing stuff, mainly because I want my shit to be kind of uplifting and yada yada, you know, something that people can enjoy listening to, right? Or learn from, not like, oh man, Sadness. poor person. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't want to do, it. but it's not like because I, I guess it is because I don't want to talk about it, but it's only on the show. Like if you catch me in real life, I'll I'll say whatever. The f- you want me to say you know <laughs> i don't give a shit at that point but like you know like with everybody if you have a show you're trying to grow it and you kind of have to toe a certain line at some point and mm-hmm. i'm kind of at least keeping not exactly family friendly because obviously i throw cuss words and so do my guests in my show but mm-hmm. i'm keeping it semi-entertaining at least which keeps all the depressing crap. You know, like like you guys know, I've spoken with a lot of countries. I've spoken with countries with a lot of dark history, right. either back in the day or even right now. And in comment section, I've been asked, you know, why didn't you ask about this? Or like, especially on Reddit, you know, I hope they brought up blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, they didn't because I specifically did not want to go down that route. You know, it's and for me, it's not that I'm, like not acknowledging it, like me and that person or me and the people, like we we bring it up before recording. I'm like, hey, I know this is going on. For me and my show, I'd rather not have that spoken mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and that person could talk about it, you know, off the air. But yeah, just for my show, I don't want to get too heavy on certain things, you know, just, just for my stuff. And that makes sense, you know, I mean, and the platform that you create, you're cultivating it. So if you're, if it's something that, like say for instance, you if you bring this level of energy, this level of, I guess gloom, because people associate people's like, why is your podcast so dark? I'm like, it's not dark. We're just yeah. saying what needs to be said, and what needs to be said is so hidden in shadows that right. it comes off as dark. A lot of these topics are indeed needed to be said or brought to the light, and I would say that's not like a preacher, but I would say. <laughs> I would say that and you're right, you know, not everybody wants to bring up what's going on on the news because this is an escape. This whole point of this is a form of enjoyment and release. And we kind of almost we kind of antagonize that idea, I just realized. But it's, it's all it's all in the spirit of enlightening. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, because that's always why when I when like I welcome people to the server or anything, I'm like, I'm like the joke man. I'm the just I I try and add some levity to some of the depressing situations that people talk about on, on that server of yours. You know, I like to make jokes. I like to make people laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. People need that more. Yeah. No, and and honestly, it's one of the reasons that I really admire your show for that reason, right? Because that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about a lot of those countries, right? Oh, you're talking to someone about Germany? Ooh, get their insight on the, you know, the the laws against swastikas and Nazi <laughs> symbology, right? The, the, right? the heavy, deep stuff. And I don't think that should be the first thing that comes to our minds, right? I don't think that exactly. I think there's a lot of good that gets, you know, pushed down under all of this bad. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that honestly, I wouldn't want to see your show any other way. And so I respect that you do that, that you're, you know, willing to kind of focus more on the good, on the aspects of culture that, you know, you want to share with the world, right? That you want people to think of first. Yeah, because I mean, in the end, like you guys started your show, I think it'd be fair to say, like you said, to get what to get out what needs to be said that people hold back. So you went into this knowing you were going to have multiple people right? For, with oh, yeah. all walks of life, all viewpoints. I went into mine for myself. I'm plain and mm-hmm. simple. I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn about this country, that country, this country. I didn't go in for anybody, nobody else. This was strictly for me. So if I don't want to talk about it, I ain't going to talk about it. If it interests me, I'll talk about it. Because also I don't want to put my guest on the spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because at least on your show, your people know what they're getting into. Yeah. You're coming on that show sometimes with an agenda, depending on who you are. You want to say something, you know, it's going to rub with certain people. Me, I'm just talking to people about the culture. So I don't want to pop them with a Nazi question or, right. you know, what what ISIS question if it's a Middle Eastern country. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Yeah. But that's just me. I think you could put it like this. I'm the yin to your yang. <laughs> there person. we go. How about that? Well, and I appreciate you kind of stepping into, into our realm a little bit too. And, you know, touching on some of the heavier stuff because, you know, like Brandon said, this stuff does need saying. And you know, oh, yeah. I think that you have a valuable perspective that you can, that you can offer to other people that, you know, that may be listening in on it. Oh yeah, I, I, I would hope so. So I've seen you post on Facebook a handful of times and, and Brandon had shared a couple of things that you had commented on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, to ask this without asking it more bluntly, but so your, your dad walked out when you were younger, correct? Oh, he walked out before I was born. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, tell, tell us a little bit about what that was like, you know, what it was like growing up in uh i'm guessing single mom situation or yeah well you know a lot of people you know because you asked did he leave or you said they can he left when i was younger no he he left before i was even born so for me compared to a lot of the stories you hear like i never missed him because i never knew him you know what i'm saying so i never had that now the only thing i did miss yeah you know as a kid you I, cause I have two older brothers. My oldest brother is like five years older than me. He probably vaguely, vaguely remembers him. Cause you know, he's like five, four or five when he left. My other brother is a year older, so he doesn't remember him either. So, you know, growing up single mom of three kids. Yeah. You know, you, you, 
I remember asking, I've, I, I still kind of ask from time to time, not so much now that I have figured out that he's dead. Like he died in 2011, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. But um, before I found out anything, you know, I've always been curious. You, you're still going to be curious, right. right? So, you know, I had one picture of him my entire life. I think I still have it somewhere. One picture of him and... I would always ask questions, ask this and that, my mom. And honestly, I think to an extent, and I'm, my mom's probably able to hear this. She's downstairs right now. So sorry. But um, I think to an extent, you know, being a young kid, if you ask questions about your dad who left out, your mom's going to protect you, right? Of course. Say, say stuff, rightfully so. I would probably do the same about the person now granted she didn't give a lot of information probably because she also didn't know or didn't even care to recall Mm -hmm. so i didn't know a lot when i was young i knew you know he was like a construction worker or some shit did like multiple odd jobs and all this type of stuff i know like they kind of had a shotgun wedding because she got pregnant something like that and the story i remember was he left before I was born. All stuff was gone. No note, no nothing. Just disappeared, right? And so as, as I got older and became an adult, I was like, I'm going to look for him. Even if it's just to punch him in the face, you know? Yeah, right, right. Like, a, like a fuck you for everything, but I'm doing okay. Punch him in the face and walk away type, type deal, right? So at some point, we didn't have a lot. One, we didn't have a lot of information to go on because we kind of, I guess, stopped talking with the entire family, his entire family, right? Yeah. So we had really no deep connections to go on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nowadays we have Ancestry, 23andMe, and all that kind of good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I did that. I did Ancestry four or five years ago, I want to say. And with that, you know, with other people who happen to be close to your DNA, you kind of get leafs and to see you connected. So I was able to find him through that, found his obituary, right? Connected with his family, well, with the family that he left behind. And again, you know, probably like with any type of broken home, mom says a story, dad tells you a story, right? Right. They're very, very rough. Very rarely are they the same stories. So I'd always heard this one story from my mother. When I got in contact with the family he had left behind, it was he mourned leaving us behind. He was always upset. Anytime the subject was brought up, he would break down, yada, yada, yada. That was from the family. When I told my mom that she started laughing, right? Mm. Called bullshit, all that kind of good stuff, whatever. So long story short, I kind of opened and shut that door. I mean, that door's really been shut as far as I can recall on getting to know my dad. Because again, I can't miss what I never had. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. You know, so I owned, I, I realized that at a really young age. And even though I technically grew up with a single mother, the backbone of my family, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, it's my grandmother. And 
I don't like talking about this. Like, this is what this is that they say what needs saying that I I can't. I'm still not over the fact that she's gone. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but yeah, she died in 2010, mm-hmm. and so I was really raised by my grandmother and my mother. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they made a fantastic man and father. Yeah, and that's undeniable. You know, it's it's clearly a testament to your work ethic and to who they instilled, they believe a man should be. And you are the epitome of what a good father should be, at least within the world that we're living in. You know, um, I would ask you if you were able to, if you were able to say what needs saying to your father, you have one moment to, 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 to see him. Granted, I'm, I'm tying your hands in this one. There's no, you can't swing. <laughs> you know that what what words conjure up in your heart when you when you see him or what's what is I'm sure you've had that conversation in your head ten times oh yeah over ten so what what what's what's a portion of those words for us okay I, one I'm going to keep to myself yeah of course sure. I mean, um yeah. only because it's like very explicit but it's funny me and my wife laugh at it right. It's hilarious, but you know, yeah. Um, but honestly, so I can't hit him. You're saying no, sir. You are sitting in a chair. You're sitting across <laughs> each other. There's a bench. It's a cloudy morning, a misty morning. It's foggy. You can barely make out who he is, but he knows who you are. And you know who he is, and it's just words. You can't raise your volume. There's no intonation. Just words. Because it's not only you feeling this, and maybe someone who's hearing this needs to hear the perspective of someone who's come out on the other side stronger. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, this is yeah. bigger than what this podcast is, or is bigger than the recording time. It's it's for the next person who can, who needs you. Well, if, if anything, because if I think back, because I'm 30 now, so I've had a lot, I have had 30 years to think about it, right? Especially after I find out he wasn't around or isn't here anymore, so I can't say anything. But if I had that chance, and I've never thought of it like this until you put it that way, mm-hmm. it would be... You ever seen the movie Onward? The Disney movie? Pixar movie. I've heard of yeah. it. Zach, have you seen it? No, no, I haven't. It's an amazing, insanely underrated movie. Mm-hmm. The gist of the movie, and it, it, it hit me pretty good because of what it's about. Um, it was a family, right? Two boys, a mom and a dad. The dad passed away when one of the kids was too young to remember. Like he has a, one, Im- one image, but he's that's it, right? So he kind of knew his dad, but the older brother knew him played with them all that kind of stuff dad passed away right and it was you know you feel it's in this magical fantasy realm and so the 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 dad found out this magical you know wand whatever i can't even think of the word right like prophecy magic trick we'll just say magic trick it's not what i'm thinking of but we'll say magic trick and was able to bring himself back for like 24 hours right Wow. And mm-hmm. so they're they're trying to figure it out and 
at basically he they only bring back the bottom half of his body so at the end they they bring them all back right but they're kind of separated because they were fighting this is disney and it's fantastical there's like dinosaurs and dragons and all this kind of crap so the younger brother who only has this one image of of his dad tells the bigger brother who has this a lot of memories of playing with them and all that he should be the one to say goodbye because mm-hmm. he has memories. Fuck you guys, man. No, <laughs> we're here. We're, I mean, if, if I could be next uh, to you, this is the closest that we- would not, would not help at all. Would not help at all. All right. So anyways, he lets the, the older brother go because he has memories, but they were good memories. Uh-huh. He, he has his memories with his brother teaching him how to grow up, right? So, all right, long story short, all I would probably, if I said anything to him, if I could, would be for him to apologize to my mom. Because she held the memories. Well, not only that, because... I didn't, I knew nothing, right? He left, I have no memories. I grew up fucking fine without him, but he left the rest of us. Right. Yeah. That's powerful, man. And honestly, to echo what Brandon was saying earlier, it is a testament to the man that you were able to turn into even without him there, right? Because a lesser man would be more concerned with his own life than other people in his life, right? That is what being a man is about, is caring about those in your life that you care about and caring about your family and caring about your loved ones. And even then in this, you know, scenario that Brandon drew up for you, right? That's still your top priority. And I think that that is incredibly respectful, respectable. And, you know, I, I think that you, you showing that, you know, you're putting your mom first still, it's, it's a testament to the, to the kind of man that you turned into. I must, it was a certain word that you said just now, Zach, it's the, the man that you've turned into. We are us three. We're all men here. It's, it's such a, for some reason, or it was of such a faux pas for men to express emotion for men to show their vulnerability, to show as if the world can't affect us. And for who we are today, our own struggles independent of each other, we've shown the growth and we showed the pride of the men that we are today. And part of this conversation, saying what we need to say, saying this is exactly Mm -hmm. what it means to be a man in my head. Because a lot of people, you're, you're not a man if you can't have this conversation. Because you're not, and it's, it's a testament to your mother. It's a testament to your grandmother. I mean, and another question while, you know, while we're, 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 we're gathering ourselves, if, because you, you look into your son's eyes every day, you know, you and your wife take such beautiful pride in the son you've been able to raise. What's the narrative that you tell him or what, what narrative do you instill in him being someone who didn't come from a father, but to be such a brilliant one yourself, where do you pull upon when you're raising, you know, your son? Well, I really hate you guys. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Again, we love you too. Probably, 
<laughs> um, that that one's actually easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one me and him haven't really had that kind of talk, right? Because he's only seven. Mm-hmm. I I've jokingly mentioned I didn't have a dad here or there, but a talk like that, you know, he's he's in my opinion too young to really understand it. To grasp it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can remember, I don't know how old I was. I want to say middle school. I remember telling my mom standing in the kitchen that I never want kids. Mm-hmm. Never wanted kids. Um, but I also said, if by any chance I ever had them, I would never leave. Don't care. So I, I think it was middle school when I said that. Might have been early high school, but... You know, fast forward, obviously, I have a kid now, right? And when I had a Malachi was not planned at all. Uh, she'll, she'll openly admit it was a fling. It was, you know, one night stand, whatever you want to call it. It was not planned at all. <laughs> um, you, I'm going to, uh, if, if you're able to pause there, when you say it wasn't <laughs> planned, I think for what that you went through, it was a plan not meant for you to understand just yet. Eh, that's a little too deep for me there, B. Um, <laughs> but continue, you can, you, continue, continue. You can you you can take it that way if you feel like it. But I mean, so yeah, so it it was it was just a whoopsie kind of deal. So so before all that, oh shit, I was twenty two or twenty three when he came about. So I'm thirty. He's seven. So yeah, I was like twenty two or twenty three when I found out I was about to have a kid. Right. I was working two jobs, both of them, barely making ends meet, right? Getting drunk every night, yada, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff you do when you're young and 20 with no kids, all that kind of shit, right? Um, I, I will admit I had no plan in life. I was coasting by, barely making it, and at the time I was okay. But for me, the way my brain works, the second I got that call, Actually, that missed call and read that voicemail. I knew what it was because I knew what I didn't do. A hundred percent. I knew what it was because I knew what I did not do. Hey. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey. Sometimes it's just hey. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Like no joke. <laughs> no, I remember that distinctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like a switch flipped in my brain. Honestly, that's the best way. That's the only way to describe it. Cause from then I was like, all right, here we go. I got somebody better than me. No more. I got something more than me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to worry about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was literally a, fl- a, like a switch flipped. I got better job after better job. After that, me, me and his mom, we attempted to make it work. Obviously that did not happen, but we made the attempt. Mm-hmm. We still co-parent. Yeah. We do the best we can, right? But for me, it was a switch. My brain's really weird how it works. Like, I can kind of, like, speak things and kind of like, you know, mind over matter type deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a, I am a yeah. huge, huge believer in that. And I know it doesn't work for everybody. Like, people, well, you can't just say it and make it happen. I, I kind of can't. I believe that. At least, I can attest to that. Yeah, like I, 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 that's how my brain works, essentially, because it was a switch. It was essentially like, bam, I knew I had to get better jobs. I knew I had to stop drinking. Um, I mean, I still drink mm-hmm. from time to time, but I'm not 
fucking drunk every night. I'm not, you know, I've tightened down a lot, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it, you, you could probably, yeah, easily say that foundation of that switch was built from not having one. Because like I said, I said that when I was so young to my mom. But if I ever do, I'm never leaving. Yeah. And that stuck. And I mean, like you've seen the pictures of my kid. He's fucking adorable. Like, how mm-hmm. could you not, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, he's a butthole from time to time. Like, he's in but trouble right now. Butthole. He's my butthole. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it, it's one of those where it's like a ble- it was definitely a blessing in disguise because, again, my life was heading nowhere at the time. Re- it really wasn't. But it turned me around and got me right easily. Easily, he got me right. I would dare to say he only got me right because of what my dad did. You know, I, I can't say for sure if I'd had a dad, if this, if I would be the dad I am. Because already from just, from just being in the delivery room, I was better from the start, you know? I beat my dad just from that. I was better than him for just doing that. Being in the delivery room, I had already, already won. So everything after this is just icing on the cake. Right. It's kind of like a you to him in a sense. If you want to think of it that way, right? Your bleeps are so amazing. I thought we were editing this shit oh. live. I was like, Dude. wait, what? <laughs> so fun, funny little side story on that. My my grandmother, who I love dearly, obviously, mm-hmm. hated my cussing. So I eventually, mm-hmm. I just started bleeping my own out. That's crazy. How did, it's still doing <laughs> yeah, it. It's so, like a magician. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. She, she Like, I could say shit and damn and all that, but if I said the word. <laughs> no. oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, the way my brain works, dude, it's weird. <laughs> So I think, you know, you, you know, you're touching on whether or not you would have been the same kind of dad if you had had one yourself, right? right? But this is obviously a topic that comes up all the time, whether it's in impoverished communities, or it's one that's um, talked about a lot with the black community. What do you feel when you hear those kinds of things, right? When you hear those arguments that are tossed around that it's, you know, the, the problem with the impoverished or black community or whatever is the fatherlessness issue, you know, the, you, you grew up fatherless, you were in that situation and clearly you pulled out and you, well, um, you, you came out on top, you, you know, you succeeded and became a better man for it. Do you think that that's something that is overstated and, and used as a crutch because of that? Or do you think that you're more the anomaly and that you, what you're providing now for Malachi will be invaluable and, you know, will help him to succeed later in life as opposed to if he were to be fatherless too well i'm definitely gonna say i'm an anomaly just because i'm i'm a weird dude (laughs) other than that it i i hell no it's definitely not overstated Mm -hmm. no because it's a it doesn't matter if it's one ten a million it's a problem right It's, it's one of those man even though Malik, I love obviously I love Malachi more than anything right now, more than anything ever. If I had to be, he grant you got it. He was a mistake, right? The best mistake ever, right. but right. he was a mistake. Me and his mother did not plan a damn thing. 
besides going out that night. That was it. Nothing else was planned. So the best mistake of my life by far, but still a mistake. Now, I chose, now again, I chose to deal with it the way I did because my dad left. Mm -hmm. So there is that. But when other parents, mother or father, do the same and stay gone, no. That bothers me to my fucking core because it happened to me. And now that I'm a dad, I can't, I can't ever do that. I mean, it's, it's, and Zach, I'll, I mean, I'll speak from the perspective of being in those communities. There's to live in, in, in a minority community, there's things, there's outlying things that may make it difficult for one to thrive in an environment, right? I'll just keep it, try to keep it as objective as possible because there's so many minority groups that can have situations like this, so many class groups that can have situations like this. When you take a father out of a picture, like to raise a kid by one parent, I would argue, it may, it may be my traditional values, I would argue it's almost unrealistic because that child didn't come into this world through one person. It took two to bring them in. So I, in my head, it takes two to continue to raise that child in the way that he or she can be successful. Now, in Brooklyn in the 80s, for example, you would need the tightest structure possible. When crack epidemics come about, and we always drift into this realm, but the even Biden, who is now the president, has said, I've made a mistake for the laws that I've passed that has incarcerated many Black individuals, many Black fathers who had to be fatherless, who had, who had fatherless homes. For the kids to be raised in these aggressive environments, the only, um, the only, what's the word? I guess father figures, or the only advisors in those environments, were those who would lead them astray: drugs, gang, violence. And then, you're in the same environment. A mother can't. This may be news, as a whole, but I know many people that would say a mother cannot raise a man. To be a man, you need a man to raise a man. That's why many people will say, if I, if you're my coach, you're my coach forever. I hold coaches to the level of fathers, and I have my own father. Because that's the importance of being raised in your adolescence to see a man stand up wearing a tie with a job. You know what I mean? Oh, that, 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 that ingrains the possibility of that being that, you know what I mean? It, it, it creates the idea that it doesn't just have to be my story, or it isn't just my story. I know people who were white, who looked to my black coach as their father, and no one would tell them that that wasn't their father because they represented something bigger. But if not everyone has something bigger, or if something else pulls them, if you go home and you're 14, you have nonsense in the street, and your mom come home and, you know, you're, it's difficult for the mother trying to curb their kid, and you're getting older, your, your chest start poking out, you get a little confident, you're not really listening, school's not what it is right now. I mean, I'm telling a narrative I've heard repeated throughout my life. You know what I mean? It just so happens this may hit so many stories, so many individuals. Many people, I know people that are like, I'm not going to have kids. Are you crazy? Do you see the environment I live in now? Do you see the environment I grew up in now? Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. There's people who bring up this argument to me. They're like, you know, you see all the money that's supposed to go up to the black communities to help us out? 
that's supposed to create the after school programs that's supposed to hire the black teachers. They're not going to get that. It's going to happen again. Again and again. But someone's going to break the cycle. And we just hope that someone will break the cycle. I, I see na- people who don't, who are not fathers now in this realm, in the 2020 realm, I'm like, ah, oh, you made a decision. <laughs> it is not, there's, there's, there's things holding you back, but to stay in the home, even if you broke, staying in the home, even if you're poor, staying in the home as a nucleus. And granted, it may not work out beautifully, just like King Red Ramblings. You, you can't, it won't always be picture perfect. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a random night, but there's a level of responsibility that a man should have when you're able to instill seeds into people. If you don't take accountability, if you are unable to take accountability of yourself as a man, then who are you to be able to raise a child? And that fear allows him to leave. It's not right. It is wrong, but it's the lack of him being prepared to step up was why he never stepped up. Red, could you say that anything I said sounded somewhat that you repeated in your head? Okay, so to break that down and put it in my perspective, Mm -hmm. I agree with pretty much everything, and I'm going to use my experiences to explain why. Right. So, again, single mother grandmother basically the two who raised me right so yeah never had that quote-unquote father figure growing up my mom had boyfriends growing up the longest one was an asshole that's a whole different episode right there we'll get there (laughs) um so the only father but so what how you started when you started talking was a man or woman can't rant raise a, a, a man's man, right? Something like that. I think was basically like what you said. I would agree. Cause I will say for me, the me now is not the me 10 years ago is not the me 50, you know, say I obviously I'm 30. So I've grown, I'm not 20 anymore. So granted I'm definitely different, but there are some people out there 20, 30 doesn't matter. They're the same person. Right. But the two, Three, three big maturity jumps that I can easily equate to being centered around. I'm not going to say father figures because I only really keep up with one of them, but guys, men, right? I got in trouble once when I was real young and and as a freshman. And so my mom essentially sent me to juvie, but not juvie, right? Scared straight. It wasn't because I was there for eight months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so not quite in and out. Yeah, no, 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 no. Scared shitless. So, I, you know, I, I'm a ginger. So we are naturally, we're very angry people, right? That is, that is true. We are very angry people. So I was in therapy from like fourth grade till I graduated. And up until the last maybe like middle school till I graduated, I had t- Dr. Terry Miller, who's been on my podcast before twice now, black guy, behavioral therapist, all this kind of good stuff. So really he was, if I, if I had to narrow, like nail down somebody, if you had to say who a father figure was for me, it would probably be Terry, 
just because he was my therapist for for years and years and we still talk to this day so yeah grew up that was the only type of fatherly figure in my life growing up for the most part and then so I screwed up my mom sent me over there lighthouse I remember it and yeah I was scared shitless he had I had to grow up because I was what do you, what do you, how old are you in freshman at like 14, 15 years old? I'm in there with kids, 16, 17, you know, who were legitimately in there for juvie, like court sent my mom sent me court sent these kids, yep. you know, like the first week they had captured a kid up in Atlanta cause he had escaped like a year prior, you know, me and him actually got became friends, but like being thrown in that environment, eight months, you grew up, you grew up real quick. You grow up fast as hell. Right. So that, and then the other big maturity jump, the last one was joining the military. That. Right. Woo, buddy. Oh yeah. It'll whip you in the shape. So yeah, not only does it do that for me in particular, it's nowadays, my opinion of the military nowadays is like when you watch all the black and white footages of basic and whatnot, it looks grueling and physical and you got to be the best of the best of the best to make this through. Right. I'm not saying it's not that. Cause again, I wasn't, I was not a combat MOS. So I wasn't like a green beret or, you know, a Marine, like them, some tough sons of bitches. Right. Like that. <laughs> I knew I was not capable yeah. of that, but I was like, I can get through basic. I can do that. I didn't struggle physically. I didn't struggle. And I, I'm not a big guy. I'm like six foot one fifty, right? I'm not incredibly muscular or strong or anything like that. The hardest thing it is. And the, mo the most amount of learning I did was being mentally tough. Mm. What they do nowadays, or at least what they did for us, they will break you down mentally, you know, like, like kids, like you hear it today, you know, like, everyone's offended by this and that and the other <laughs> god if, if that's reached basic training i feel sorry for those drill sergeants because that is their job to break you down so much and help build you back up so when you're out there in this shit nothing bothers you you're bulletproof for me like our growing, growing up with two older brothers my oldest brother was always an asshole you know, I always had that constant bully that not like go to school and God, I don't want to go to third period because so-and-so is going to, you know, whatever. No, like I lived with my bully my entire life growing up. So I was, uh, yeah. I was already pretty mentally tough from that. Like I, no one, no God, no classmate could ever really bother me because he didn't know them buttons to push. My brother knew the buttons, you know, so mental, I always had, always had mental toughness because of that. But seeing and coming out of that was definitely a huge uh, additional maturity jump. So you had Terry, you had going to Lighthouse for eight months at 14 to 15. Like I had my, I had my birthday locked up, man. <laughs> it's not fun, dude. <laughs> um, I can imagine. And then going through basic training and, and you know, the years I spent in the military, it, you grow up considerably fast. But, you know, like B was saying, I, I would probably agree. And I think my mother would agree too. like a woman, a, a, the mother can't raise a man's man or, you know, a manly man. Cause if you look at the way I raised my kid to how 
his mother raises him when he's over there, it's night and day. Yep. It is night and day. Like, I'm hard on him. I'm hard on him for a reason. You know, like, when he messes up, and he'll mess up, and, you know, he'll say, well, mommy doesn't do this. Mommy doesn't get on to me for that. I'm like, all right, well, you at daddy's house, buddy. Yeah. Daddy's going to get on to you for it. Because whatever the case is, right, mm-hmm. he shouldn't do it. You know, I could name multiple examples, but I don't want to spill my kids. But, you know, he's seven. You know, he's going to make a mistake. It ain't, it ain't nothing mm-hmm. crazy right, right now. Um, but I'm getting ready because I don't want him to get in. Because, again, I, I got in a lot of trouble growing up, but I never got in trouble with the law besides speeding tickets. So if I can mm-hmm. just be a little bit harder than him, then my mother and those who raised me were harder on me. I've done my job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can keep him from, you know, getting in fights in school or, you know. Traps. Yeah. Like, I did a lot of dumb, sh- dumb shit when I was young that mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have done if I had the fear of a dad to come home to. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like, like when my kid got in trouble here recently, you know, I told him, all right, all right tell him daddy's coming home. And as soon as I opened that door... And I walk through into his bedroom. He knows, you know, sometimes it's just that, that, that will straighten you out. Yeah. I I think I agree with everything you guys were saying. I think that, you know, I, I'm, I, I had a, I'm biased. I had a, a really good relationship with my dad. And I think that I would be in a completely different place if that weren't the case. I think that what you're doing for Malachi right now, what you're giving him and offering him, it's going to change his world. It's going to be his world, right? It's going to be, who he becomes and who he, you know, carries himself as, because, you know, there's a lot that there's a lot that you can learn from a dad, right? There's a lot that you can learn from having someone like you, you know, there, not only disciplining, but, you know, instilling these, these values of, you know, how to, how to carry oneself, how to be a man, like we've touched on a couple different times, right? And that doesn't mean, you know, being the toughest, strongest, physically, you know, in the room. And, you know, I'm glad that you touched on that too, because it's a common, I guess, gender stereotype, if we want to call it that of, of being a man, right. Is, oh, you have to be the, the physically the strongest. And, you know, that that's a part of it, I guess, in that, you know, yeah, if someone comes to attack your family, sure, you should be able to protect them, you know, yeah, but it's not just about being the physically strongest one. It's not about being the, I don't know, it, it's more to it than that, right? It's being mentally strong, it's being capable and being able to provide for those that you care about, right? And I think that everything you're you're describing, everything that you do for Malachi, right? It shows that, it shows that, you know, well, I'm coming down on you for this, but I'm coming down on you for a reason to teach you that this is how you should carry yourself. This is how you should be to be a good person and a good man. So, you know, I, I do think that that you're, you're on the right track. You're, you're teaching him what he needs to learn. And it's something that you're right. You know, every day you surpass your, your own dad more and more, but, but I think that Malachi will definitely be better off because of it for sure. Yeah. And I, I want to kind of add two, two different things. One sort of related to what you're talking about there and kind of something off. So I'll start with a related one first, you know, like, again, I can't remember what exactly set me off on that one conversation from your server that we got into that I messaged you on Facebook afterwards. But I do know it was about, you know, I asked, Mm -hmm. I think I asked the person 
or ask somebody if they had kids. And they they kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then, I, you know, they yeah, OK, I got, you know, three or four to the point. I was like, ah, you ain't got shit. You know, like you're just saying that to just say it right. I, I personally, I got that that kind of vibe from that answer. And the point I was trying to get and when I put in my response, I made it clear that if you do not have kids, you will not understand this. And I don't expect them to. The bit and, and when me and you spoke, you kind of got it because you have a nephew, right? A niece, yeah. Niece. So so yeah, which is something, but it's not quite the same, right? And you you had touched on that. But even you said you felt something. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. if you felt something with your niece, just think of what you'll feel when it's yours. Your right. world changes. Whatever feelings you have of kids in general, you can hate kids down the street all day long. <laughs> but you'll understand it better once it's yours. The world changes. If granted, if you're not that baggy dad who decides to up and leave, right? If you're not that, if, if you're the good one that stays and tries to make something happen, whether you're there all the time or you, you pop in when you can, if you make that attempt, the world's different. Yeah. And it, that, if you're that dad, it, that is a switch. Whether you, you do something good by it or not, hey, that's up to you. But the world is different. You feel different. Your, your viewpoints on a lot of things are different. Because I, I remember getting into an argument with, with some, some lady, happened to be a lesbian lady, who was dating another lesbian who had kids of her own, right? She was like, I love those kids with all my heart, blah, 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 blah. I know you do. I know you. I, I was not arguing that with her. I was trying to let, because they, they had broke up, but she was upset, basically. And I was like, look, there's a difference between, like, loving another person's kid and your own kid. Because at the end of the day, that person and their kid can go. Whether you see it happening, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's possible. There's always that chance. Your kid ain't going no. Even if you go somewhere, your kid ain't going nowhere. There's always going to be that blood link between you two, especially if you're that good one that does stick around. So I think what I was trying to get to in that server or the Discord conversation, because, you know, that person mentioned about kids being property and whatnot. And I think someone said you can, like, destroy. Like, I think their words were that you could destroy them if you wanted something like that. And I was like, what? Like there's, mm -hmm. I had a hard time understanding how an individual with a legitimate child of their own could ever say something like that. Cause when you hold that life of yours in your hands, dude, you'll never, see you'll that. never say that. doesn't matter. It does. That's why I kept like, there's no way this person has kids if they're saying that. Yeah. And so, so even to those out there who were just like me, never want to have kids, never, 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 not me, that I was that guy. You were Mr. Not Me. Dude, I was 100%. I was going to slang it to the day I die. You know what I'm saying? But it changed. The day that that, that kid came through, everything changed. World gets flipped upside down, all that kind of good stuff. And... You see things differently, no matter what. And again, if 
hopefully more and more are the good ones. And I, I don't know how to write that wrong, but mm-hmm. to those that I'm, I'm definitely not gonna say get a chance. Cause hell, some people, let's be honest, don't need to have kids. But if you have one out there, I'll say this as someone who never knew, like never knew his, my dad never laid eyes on me. Oh, this is exactly what I was going to touch on. I was going to ask you what, if for those out there who aren't in their lives or the, the dads who are contemplating walking out on their kids, what you as a father now who did not have a father, what would you say to them? I, I would say like, if you're that dad, if you're trying or you've thought about it, honestly, just do it. Like, don't, don't put it off. There are, you know, people say, just do it. It's not, no, like some stuff is that easy. If, if you're holding it back just because you're questioning it, you're the one that's scared. You know, you're, you're the scared one. That, that kid's probably, if he doesn't know you or you left out, he, he's curious. He's definitely curious. He or she is definitely curious. You know, why did dad do this? Why did dad do that? Or why did mom do this? Why did mom do that? Whatever the case is, you know, they're not scared to meet you or see you again, you're the one that's scared. Right. You know, it, it, even if it don't end up like just, I, 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 I don't think I can speak much on that. I mean, because again, I never, never knew mine. He never saw my face. I don't have that type of feeling that some kids who their parent left after they were born, you know what I'm saying? But to those that like up and left, when you got the call, <laughs> it, it, I would hate, because again, I, you know, Zach asked early if I think I'm an anomaly. I'm, yeah, I am. I turned out pretty well for not having a dad and all that, all that kind of shit. A lot of kids don't. A lot of kids don't. White, black, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not a rate. I mean, there's a percentage of race that is definitely more. So than others, but at the end of the day, it's, it's parents and kids, man. And while I might've been okay, as, as you, if you're still listening and you've listened to this whole thing, I hope I do have a, a level of resentment still not for me. I'm fine personally, but it's for the others that were left, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm okay, but there are plenty out there that aren't and that will probably not be. If there's a way just to say, hey, or you can message people on Facebook nowadays so easily or whatever you got, you can, there've been so many families that have found each other through social media. When social media can do a lot of fucking good, it can when it's used properly. I can tell you right now, there are like, there's multiple Facebook groups about lost children, lost angels, you know, parents that were, you know, gave up kids for adoption or, or what have you that help people find their lost brothers, sisters, whatever you want to call it. Some, some, some of them are for free. Some depending on your state is free. It's not going to hurt to try. If you are curious about, you know, hey, you know, I, I, I think I have a kid out there. So I've told my wife, I don't know how many times, if there's a kid that ever knocks on this door that looks like me 
and says, hey, you might be my dad? Oh, probably. And that's, I don't know it, but I know there's a chance. And if that, if that ever happens, if a kid ever knocks on my door and says, hey, you might be, come on, buddy, let, let's talk. 100%. 100%. Even. She'd be like, hey, come in. I owe you a beer. Hell yeah. I don't drink it, but my wife's got it in the fridge. Let's go. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I owe it to that kid because I'm not going to be that dad. At least, again, that's that's a me thing because I'm a weird dude. But I will never be that type of way because I know what it's like. I know. And I saw how hard that my mother and my grandmother fought to do what they could for my brothers and me. Shouldn't be that fucking hard. Shouldn't be that fucking hard. Yeah, Red, you, you're right in saying that, you know, a lot of people, you are stronger than a lot and you, you know, you may be an anomaly, but I think that this conversation will help it be easier for a lot more of those people that you were talking about. You know, a lot of the people that, may not be okay right now the, the, a lot of them that may not be dealing with these situations as well right and i think that we can't thank you enough for sharing your perspective with us we we know that this stuff is hard to talk about we know that this stuff is is touchy is sensitive you know that's that's kind of our whole thing right you know you talked about your your podcast vibe at the beginning and whether for for good or for bad sometimes you know sometimes ours does touch on this doom and gloom stuff and i think that it's it's honestly going to help a lot of people i really think and you know hearing hearing your experience hearing how you've made it through all of this hearing how you've been strong for yourself for your family for your mom for your grandmother for malachi for everyone thank you and from say what needs saying thank you listen red we've said more than what needs to be said about this topic the people who needed to hear this have heard it the people who never wanted to hear this appreciated it from the say with me saying family you find us on discord instagram and facebook Red, if you want to plug your podcast. Red's ramblings, you know. That's that's basically it, man. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Say What Needs and on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks.